Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 15. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. If this is your first time with us, you have found the Strategic Living Podcast. If it's not your first time, well, welcome back. My name is Brian Holmes, and it is such a joy to have you with us. This podcast is all about transforming minds and developing leaders, activating destinies. Ultimately, we believe that we can change nations if all of us get involved in what it is God has put us here in the earth to do. It's our desire to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you discover all that God has created you to be and do. And we believe that we can help you do that. Thank you for being with us today. Let's get started, everybody. Well, I'm so delighted that you have found the podcast. And again, if this is your first time, welcome. We're so excited that you have connected with us. And we look forward to your feedback and your input as to how we can serve you better. I'm really excited today about our topic. We're going to be talking about wholeness. Wholeness. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S. What in the world does that mean? Is that even a word? Well, I'm not sure it's an official word, but I have framed that for many years now because we are created spirit, soul, and body. We are three parts, yet we are just one person each. And I believe that in order for us to succeed in life, in order for us to find our optimum performance, in order for us to perform at the level for which we were created, I believe that it is very clear that we must be whole, spirit, soul, and body. What does that mean to be whole? Well, we're going to talk about that. How does someone know if they are whole, or how does someone discover if maybe there's some fragmentation, some brokenness, some pieces that are missing. How do you know, Brian? We're going to talk about it. You might ask, well, what are the signs or indicators that some of the areas of my life need attention or need healing? Well, today we're going to dive in to this very amazing topic, one that is very near and dear to my heart. And I want to make this disclaimer right up front. There is no way that in a short podcast episode we can unpack this fully. But I believe we can introduce the concept, talk about some of the principles pertaining to this concept, and I even want to share with you today seven things, seven steps to moving in the direction of becoming a whole man, a whole woman. I want to see you healed, and I want to see you whole. Well, our scriptural principle today is found in 1 Thessalonians Chapter number 5, verse 23, and I believe this will lay a perfect foundation for what we're going to be talking about. The Apostle Paul in this writing says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. That's all of you. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. That's total, nothing missing, nothing broken, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One more time, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Many of you may not have recognized that that scripture was even in the Bible and made such a profound distinction between the three parts of the human condition. We are spirit beings, we have a soul, and we have a body. And in this particular verse of scripture, it's very clear to me that we are called upon to preserve or to keep or to steward all of these parts of us. And we're going to talk today about these three parts, how they function as independent parts and how they function together as one person. Maybe you've never heard of the concept of wholeness. Maybe you've never really been exposed to the idea. In fact, uh, as we've already mentioned, I'm not even sure that the word wholeness is recognized as a word, but it does speak to a state of being whole the state of being whole. Being whole, then, is being complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. All the pieces are in place. They're working just as they were designed to work. All of the, the, part, all the parts of us are working at 100%. You see, we were created by God to achieve. I believe with all of my heart, God did not create one single human being to be a failure. As a matter of fact, it is my very strong belief, as we've mentioned on this podcast many times, that every single person has a created purpose. Before the foundations of the world, I believe God determined that each of us would make a specific, a unique, a powerful contribution in the earth while we're here. So we're here to achieve, we're here to accomplish, we're here to create, we are here to contribute. I believe that we're here, and God's intention for us is that we are happy, that we are fulfilled. And so let's lay that as a premise for our presentation today. We know that in Genesis chapter 1, that we were created in the image and in the likeness of God himself. We are of him. In other words, we were born literally out of God himself. Therefore, in the beginning, we were nothing more than just a spirit being. And his intention for us was to function as him in the earth. And I don't have time to get into that concept today, but know this, we are Christ in the earth, the hope of glory. Well, we know that God is whole. There's nothing missing, nothing broken in him. We know that Jesus Christ, the man in the earth, God's son, also whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. He was the epitome of sonship. And it was Jesus who made a very interesting statement that I would like to present to you today from an angle maybe you have not heard it before, and that is this. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Well, we all get goosebumps and tickles whenever we hear the word holy because that for some of us who were raised in very classical religious settings, uh, holiness conjures up images and ideas that maybe uh, were misplaced in some way. But in fact, what I believe Jesus is presenting here says, be whole as I am whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You see, we'll never be perfect. We'll never arrive. Some of us work all of our lives trying to get there, and we're not even sure where there is. And if we ever got there, we wouldn't know we were there. Therefore, we, we would keep looking for the next there. But 
Be whole, for I am whole. And I believe that's God's desire for us. So let's talk about these three parts. How does all of this work? Well, we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And there is a specific order in which our created being was established. In Genesis chapter number 1, as God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, we know that man was born a spirit being. Matter of fact, it wasn't until chapter number 2 of Genesis that God looked into the earth, formed a fleshly body or a shell out of dirt, and transferred or breathed the spirit of man into the body of man. And then the Bible says he became a living soul. So we see this played out very clearly in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis 2. But let's talk about these three parts. The spirit of man, which is that part of us that is connected directly to God, represents what I refer to as headship or leadership in the body. The spirit of God in us should be leading us. The soul of man is that seat where the will exists, the the emotions, the thoughts. Uh, It's our belief systems, our mind, our memories, the hurts, the wounds, the struggles, uh, the disappointments. All of those things are a part of that soul arena. And, of course, the physical body is this, this framework that we are stewarding just for a season here in this earth. It's the physical body. It's 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 the health, the wellness. It has to do with our appetites and our cravings. It it is the mechanism through which we act or we produce or we create. It is our hands that do work. It is our feet that take us places. It is our heart that drives us to achieve and to do and to accomplish. It's our eyes that see, our ears that hear. That is the physiological part of the human anatomy. So we have spirit, we have soul, and we have body. I'm a firm believer that these are ordered in that way, spirit, soul, body. And I believe that leadership flows down. And I believe that one of these affects the other. Each of these affect the other. As a matter of fact, studies are very clear that when a person is in a difficult emotional state, that has a direct effect on their physical health. There are many, many, many studies that have taken place that have proven that so many of our diseases and infirmities that we experience in our physical bodies have direct correlation to depression or abandonment or rejection or unforgiveness and various things that we feel as a result of things that we go through in our life. So you see that the relationship between the soul and the body is very important. You see, when somebody is spiritually healthy, they're in a great relationship with God. They are at peace with God. They are living a life that is connected to God. They attend church regularly, or they are avid readers of the Scriptures, and they pray regularly and commune with the Lord. They're healthy spiritually, but their body is sick then it would not be possible to assume that they are whole because one part of them is in great shape, but the other part is not. So wholeness does not exist there. When someone maybe is physically fit and very strong and every part of their body is working just on all cylinders, but their soul, their heart, their emotions are in turmoil, inevitably they will become sick. So you see how these relate to each other and how they affect each other. Say, so, well, Brian, how, how do we 
address each of these areas as it relates to wholeness or healthy living? Well, we find that spiritually, emotionally, and physically, there can be unresolved issues that prohibit us from living whole. For example, in our spiritual life, it is my very strong belief that if a person is not reconciled to God and has not formed and received a relationship with God, then they are going to lack in that area. Maybe they have become disconnected through whatever circumstances from their spiritual roots, or maybe, and this is the case with a lot of people that I meet, maybe in some way or another they've experienced spiritual abuse or their experience in a church or parish setting caused them to come away disillusioned or confused and And that experience, as it relates to their relationship with God, caused a breach of some kind. I've also met people that their spiritual life is deeply affected because they experienced some great loss, maybe the loss of a child, the loss of a husband or a wife, or the loss of a dear friend prematurely at a very young age, possibly. And sometimes people become angry with God because they don't understand, God, how could you possibly take this person from me. All of these things impact our spiritual life and our connectedness to God. Well, I'm a person who also believes that there are things passed on to us generationally. Some people refer to these as curses. Other people refer to them as generational iniquities or generational bondages. Whatever you want to call them, sometimes we're dealing with the sins of our fathers, and these things affect our ability to come into a close and intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. These are unresolved issues that affect us spiritually. Well, let's talk about the soul for a moment. You know, anything that happens to us in our lifetime affects this arena somehow, whether it's what we're taught in school, whether it's what we observe our parents doing or teaching us by way of example. Uh, Maybe, and this is the case with 50-plus percent of people in the Western world, Maybe that we, we went through a divorce situation in our home where our parents divorced. And the trauma, the pain, the confusion, the, the contradiction, the conflict, feeling as though you're torn between two people, those things affect the soul, the emotions. They create emotional wounds that stay with us for many, many years. Traumatic events, uh, maybe personal failures, uh, individuals that were made fun of in school or called names or characterized as being a, leaning a certain direction with their sexuality or whatever the case may be. But those types of words that sting and that hurt and that ultimately shape our self-esteem. And therefore, in that soulish realm, we're dealing with low self-esteem and, and a lack of confidence. Maybe depression. This is a very real thing, and it affects many, many people. But depression causes many people to, to be fragmented in their soul. Limiting beliefs, and by the way, in, on this podcast, in episodes number 12 and 13, we talked a great deal about overcoming limiting beliefs, and I encourage you, if you've not listened to those two episodes, to go back and listen to those, because limiting beliefs are in that soulish arena, but they must be addressed, they must be dealt with, they must actually be replaced if my soul is going to prosper and be in good health. One of the flagship teachings that we do is on the subject of soul ties. And you say, what in the world is a soul tie? Well, I wrote a book called The Ties That Bind, Identifying and Breaking Unhealthy Soul Ties. 
And these are emotional connections that we have with other people. These are emotional connections we have even with seasons or seasons in our life or family members or uh, sexual relationships that we've had. It could be any one of a number of types of soul, soul ties. There could be even soul ties with uh, companies that we've worked with or churches that we have attended. There can even be soul ties in the arena of business where we form contracts and allegiances and alliances with other people. But these things, if they are found to be unhealthy, they can affect our ability to live a whole life. Well, of course, the physical body. And uh, I must say, this is probably the category that I'm least qualified to talk about. But, you know, when a person's body is, is not in shape and not taken care of, then many things take place. Of course, obviously, obesity is one of the greatest challenges in the Western world that we deal with, being overweight. And that, of course, dominoes into so many other issues. Disease is rampant. Uh, just this week, my wife and I were visiting uh, some friends of ours in the hospital, and one of their family members is literally, unless God does a miracle, is dying of cancer. And you look around and you see all of these things taking place. Well, the physical body is the temple of God. This is the only shell in which God can abide in the earth in this time, in this season. And so it is our duty to take care of our body. That Even things like sleeping and getting enough rest and not getting ourselves fatigued. Uh, we see symptoms such as headaches and, and our joints aching and uh, various types of, of weariness. All of these things speak to the unhealthy body. So we have spiritual issues, soulish issues, physical issues, all of which must be addressed. Now, here's the piece. Again, I reiterate, we can have a powerful relationship with God. All of our spiritual functions are clicking and working, and we're, we're there. But if we're sick and we're diseased and our body's not taken care of, then we're only functioning at a partial level. So all these kinds of issues that we've mentioned here, these and so many others we could talk about, they perpetuate unhealthy living, and they prohibit us from living in a state that we are calling wholeness. So in order to be whole, it's important that we're willing to address any of these areas in our life that need attention. We can't ignore them and hope they go away. We cannot just uh, act as though, well, I've got this area really happening over here, so uh, I, I'm not going to stress over these other ones. Well, the fact of the matter is it doesn't work that way because we are one person, and these three parts must work as a cohesive unit, all healthy, all strong. You say, well, Brian, you're talking about perfection. No, I'm not talking about you living a mistake-free life. I'm talking about us being intentional about taking care of our whole man. As I mentioned in the first part of this program, this is a huge topic. I cannot possibly unpack it in one episode, but what I do want to do here for a few moments is I want to share with you seven steps that you can take right now to begin a process in your own life of healing, restoration, transformation, possibly being reconnected back to God, whatever the case may be, I want to offer you seven steps that you can take that lead to personal wholeness. Number one, you have to build on the right foundation. Invite Jesus Christ 
to truly be the Lord of your life. You say, well, I didn't know this was a religious program. Well, I cannot separate my faith and my strong belief in the need for us to be redeemed to God, reconciled to Him, to be the recipients of and the beneficiaries of His healing and His grace. Because as far as I'm concerned, in order for us to really be whole, it begins with us coming into that relationship. And then because of that relationship, the world of healing and grace opens to us. It's not what you think it is. Some of you have been taught your whole life it's all about what you have to do and don't do and do this and the list of do's and don'ts, and it's about regulations, it's about performance. No, no. It's simply about you trusting your Heavenly Father loves you. He created you. He has a plan for your life. And in order for that plan to really come to its fullness, you have to be connected with the one who created you and formed that plan. So build on the right foundation, and that foundation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, I want to encourage you as the second step here to take an honest look. Take an honest look. Well, Brian, what are you trying to ask me there? Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of tough questions here, but I want you to consider these. Are you happy with your life exactly as it is? In every area, spiritually, emotionally, financially, vocationally, with your marriage, with your children, if you were to categorize each area of your life and look at it as a as a whole picture, are you happy with your life exactly as it is today? Well, I don't know that I've ever met a person that would answer yes to that question. If they did, they might not be being honest with themselves. That's why we said take an honest look. Do you believe that there is more for you than what you are currently experiencing? Do you believe that you have greater potential, that God has more in store for your life? Do you believe that you can have more money, better relationships, better marriage, a stronger connection to God? Do you believe you can have more success in your business? If you believe there's a possibility there's more for you, then I want to congratulate you because you're being honest. You're taking an honest look. Here's another one under the category of taking an honest look. Are you willing to acknowledge and confront your own stuff? And I'm putting stuff in quotation marks because we all have stuff. Are you willing to acknowledge and confront your own stuff in order to see real and lasting change take place in your life? You have to take an honest look. Dr. Phil McGraw said this years ago, you cannot change what you are not willing to acknowledge. You cannot change what you are not willing to acknowledge. Number one, build on the right foundation. Number two, take an honest look. Number three, make a decision for change. That sounds really simple, but you know what the crazy thing is? I find it is so difficult for so many people just to decide. I'm making a change. And you see, a decision is not something you just think or say. A decision is something you're willing to take action on, even if it costs you everything. Nothing changes until something changes. I want you to write that one down. Nothing changes until something changes. 
I want you to consider this. Take time to identify the changes that you desire to see. Now, in our previous point, take an honest look, we asked you, do you believe that there's more for you? If so, what does that look like? If you could paint a word picture of what that change looks like once it's accomplished, identify the change you desire to see. Articulate that. Write it down. What will it take then to create those changes? And only you can answer that question. In other words, if you're going to deal with your body and you want to get yourself in better shape and in better health, you might say, well, man, I am 75 pounds heavier than I need to be. So I need to do something about my my eating habits. And, And so you have to decide, I am going to pursue a better health. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this change, make this change. You have to to determine what does it take to create those changes. You can't just hope you wake up tomorrow morning 75 pounds lighter. It doesn't work like that. And believe me, I'm one to talk. (laughs) I looked up the word decide in the dictionary a while ago, and it says to make a choice about something, to choose, to choose something after having really thought about it, to choose whether or not to believe something after thinking about it, to reach a conclusion about something because of evidence that you have in your possession. To decide is to cause, to make something happen, to determine what the result of something will be. That is to decide. So I challenge you, number three, make a decision for change. Number four, examine your own heart. Now, this is where it begins to get a little tough because you have to ask yourself these kinds of questions. Where was I hurt? Where, where did I experience pain? By whom? Who hurt me? What did that feel like? What did that make me feel like? We have to look at, is there unforgiveness in our hearts? If so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you today, Unforgiveness is one of the most toxic emotions, one of the most destructive positions you can hold in your heart, and that is a place of unforgiveness toward anyone who has wronged you or hurt you. You have to ask yourself questions like, what limiting beliefs do I have? We've talked much about this in the previous episodes. What tragedy or loss did I experience? And in that moment, it's something in my heart shut down. Who disappointed me? Who abandoned me? Who rejected me? What leader let me down? These are tough questions. But if you're really going to examine your heart from an honest place and begin to dig out this fallow ground, these are necessary things that you have to do or that you are encouraged to do in order toward living a whole, move toward living a whole life. Number four, Examine your heart. Number five, open your heart. Well, isn't that just like number four? No. Examining your heart is looking inside. Opening your heart is is opening it up to the outside. You see, sometimes because of the pain we've experienced, because of the rejection we felt, because of the trauma that we've gone through, because of the tragedy we endured, 
because of the disappointment that we experienced. Sometimes we stuff things away so deeply. We just stuff them away where nobody sees them, not even us. We, we actually become unaware of them. They become a part of our unconscious. But you've got to open that heart up. Because, see, when you have a closed heart, it's impossible to connect with new relationships. I have watched people who have so much potential, so much love in their heart, and so much, my gosh, man, just wonderful people. But yet because of pain they've experienced, their hearts have been closed off. And God may send a powerful and wonderful relationship their way, but they're not even able to receive it because they have determined my heart will remain closed. They won't allow people close to them. Such a tragedy. By opening your heart, it may require you to trust that pastor or a pastor again. It may require you to, to really open your heart to another leader or another confidant or another mentor where the one you had before maybe hurt you or disappointed you. But if, if one cannot risk opening their heart, it is unlikely they'll be able to receive the gifts and the grace that comes from those relationships. But number five, open your heart. Number six, do the work. Be willing to seek out help. You have to initiate it. You have to want it. You have to be willing to pursue it at all costs. We have to be willing to confess. Put our stuff out there on the table. Bring it out of darkness into the light. The Bible even says that if we confess our faults one to another, then we are healed. The implication here is, is that if I don't confess it, if I don't, if I don't make myself vulnerable to someone and say, man, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I am going through. This is what I'm, I'm working on. This is where I hurt then we're not able to receive the healing that is readily available to us. We have to be willing to feel the pain for a moment. Look, when you go to do the work, I promise you, if you've had things stuffed away for many years, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some tears. In my case, when I went through my process of healing and discovery back in the year 2000, my pain was excruciating. I, I don't know that I can even describe to you what it felt like. But I will tell you this, it only lasted for a little while. But I had to be willing to, to feel the pain for a moment. Be willing to grieve if necessary. It really amazes me that some people have gone through such tragic losses and tragic circumstances, yet they have not allowed themselves to grieve. And if you're going to be whole, sometimes you got to do the work. You must give yourself permission to grieve. Be willing to forgive. Be willing to fight for your future. All of these be willings. <laughs> it's a part of doing the work. And number seven, I want to encourage you in this final step, be accountable. If you believe that we have an enemy, and in spite of what your theology may be, I believe that there is an enemy of our soul. He is constantly working to lie to us, to deceive us, to keep us from stepping into our greatness. And one of the greatest ways to take his power away 
is to be transparent and authentic and offer ourselves up for accountability. In other words, find someone that you trust, that you choose to trust. They may not have even earned it yet. But find someone that you choose to trust, a friend, a family member. Maybe it is a pastor. Maybe it's a mentor. Strongly encourage you to consider maybe bringing a coach, a life coach into your life for a season. Someone that you can share with them what you're working on. Share with them what you're struggling through. Put it on the table and and ask them, keep me accountable to this process. Maybe it's a counselor. But whoever it is, accountability can be one of the greatest strengths in your process of becoming whole. So very quickly, let let me review the seven steps. These are seven steps you can take right now that will lead you towards personal wholeness. Number one, build on the right foundation. Number two, take an honest look. Number three, make a decision for change. Four, examine your heart. Don't look outside of yourself and find fault with other people. No, let's look at your own heart. Number five, open your heart. Open your heart. Come on, open that door up. Let some people back in there. Number six, do the work. And number seven, be accountable. If you'd like to comment on this episode, man, I would so encourage you to do that. We'd love to engage you in conversation. Just go to brianholmes.com and go to the show notes for this episode. That's brianholmes.com forward slash 015. Scroll down to the comments section, and we would love to hear from you there. I want to leave you with this question this week. Here's the question. What areas of my own life do I know need attention right now? What areas in my own heart do I need to explore and look at so that I can live a whole life? Well, Next week, we're going to be talking about finding your voice, and we'll even touch on some of these same issues next week. But my guest next week is my good friend, Joel Bogus, who has just released his brand new book, Finding Your Voice. You will not want to miss this interview and this conversation. I'd love for you to to just be right there with us. If you want to submit a question for us, do so at brianholmes.com. Well, that means it's time for us to wrap up the session with a few announcements. I have two openings for coaching clients. And a matter of fact, since our last conversation, I have taken on two new clients. Uh, but we have a couple of openings right now. If you would like someone to come alongside of you and be that friend, be that mentor, be that coach, that accountability partner, the person who helps you to examine your heart, helps you to explore the areas that need strengthening and need work. I would be honored to serve you in that way. Uh, It is my life's mission to help individuals just like you to become all God has called them to be. So if you'd like to find out more about maybe having us work with you as a coach, then look, go to brianholmes.com and click on the link that says coaching services and you'll find a way to get to us there. We'd love to hear from you about that. Also, if you'd like to have us speak 
at your church, your conference, or maybe your uh, leadership event, please visit my speaking page at brianholmes.com forward slash speaking. I also want to ask you to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, This is something that we ask every week, but if you've just found us, go right now to the link that we've provided here on the show notes page or go to iTunes and look up Strategic Living with Brian Holmes and subscribe in iTunes or if there's another uh, service that you use to draw down your podcast, go there, look for us, we'll be there. We'd love to have you subscribe so we can constantly be touching base with you regarding what we're doing at brianholmes.com. Also, if you would, rate our podcast in iTunes. You say, why do you ask us to do that? Well, as we are uh, experience more ratings there, people that rate our podcast, maybe even leave reviews or comments, what that does is that causes us to be more visible in iTunes for people who are looking for this kind of content. And that would be very helpful if you'd do that as well. The biggest thing I'd like to ask of you today is this. If this podcast, if this content, if this conversation that we are a part of here together is being a blessing to you, is helping you in your journey of living a strategic and a blessed and a prosperous life, I want to ask you to share this with your friends, with your associates on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, uh, man, Pinterest, wherever you are hanging out, okay? We'd like you to share with your friends about what we're doing here at brianholmes.com and on the Strategic Living Podcast. Well, I trust that something we've shared with you today has challenged you, has called greatness out of you, has has really pushed you to pursue God's very best for your life. I want to tell you this in closing. The things we've brought up today may have stirred some, some things in your heart that you haven't felt in a while. I want to encourage you in this. Don't run from those things. Come on, let us come alongside of you. We're going to be praying for you believing with you, and I believe with all my heart, if you will engage this process, God will come alongside of you and help you to become a whole man, a whole woman, and you will be activated, and you will fulfill your unique purpose and destiny. Well, that about wraps it up for today. I hope that... uh, you will just share this with as many people as you feel led to do so. I'm delighted you're here. Thank you. Until next time, remember this. You were made in his image. You were designed for a purpose. You are destined for greatness. You are great. Man, there's something so awesome in you. We want to see that. Come to fulfillment in your life in such a powerful way. Well, God bless you. And right here next week, same time, we'll see you back here on on the Strategic Living Podcast. God bless you. We love you. We believe in you. We'll see you soon.